Let's get real, let's get inspirational, a little bit emotional, and let's shed some sunshine. This is the Sunshine Steven Podcast. Welcome! Good day and happy Wednesday and happy Mental Health Awareness Month and happy second episode of this Wednesday. If you are new here or you haven't been listening to any of the episodes this month, I am putting out two episodes at least every Wednesday in the month of May to help celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month, but also because I have a lot of backlogging to do with recording. So, with that being said, this recording slash interview um, comes from the past, August of 2022, and I'm talking to Bo Roberts, who has a movie out. And let me tell y'all, it's on Tubi. We love a good platform, Tubi. Free, complimentary, if you will. Um, It has a little bit of horror to it. The Great Awakening. We're going to talk about it. And we're also going to talk a little about a little other scary, spooky stuff, but not really. But filmmaking, creativity, things that we do to keep our mental health in check. Let's get into it. Well, welcome, Bo, to the Sunshine Steven podcast. How are you today? Thanks for having me. I am doing great. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. We were chatting a little bit offline where we're at in the world. The weather right now in Florida, not the best, but it's almost the weekend. Well, it is the weekend, so super excited about that, but super excited to have you on the show as well. For sure. Awesome. So, um wanted to give you the opportunity um, to let listeners know who you are, what you're about, because you know you better than anybody else. Um, kind of give a brief run down of who you are, and then we'll go from there. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I can definitely do that. So, hi, everybody. My name is Bo Roberts, and uh, yeah, I, I grew up in the Midwest, and growing up in the bottom tip of Indiana, uh, I was exposed to some books on psychology back in seventh grade. Um, and I've always had an interest in human interaction and kind of what makes people tick and so on and so forth. Um, and graduating high school, I went and started a majoring in psychology and looking back on my life, I thought it was the whole only serve and protect model, but, uh, I actually went into law enforcement and had a career for about three and a half years. And, um, yeah, like that's ground zero of human emotion and human interaction. It's very stripped down, very raw, and there is no filter from Instagram that people can hide behind. So, um, yeah, so from that, I just kind of up and moved down to Florida, where I got involved in being a print model, but also exposed to the world of acting. And I tested it out to see, you know, if uh, if I was interested at all and found out uh, I very much was. So then I moved up to New York City, went to acting school. Um, I relied on modeling, you know, to take care of bills and um, just basic overhead and stuff like that. And then I moved out to Los Angeles to transfer into um, acting. And whenever I did that, I also began shooting a lot of short films on my old uh, photography camera. And I shot about 15 short films and have very much learned that the longer I stay 
behind the camera, the more I'm actually enjoying it. So from Indiana doing law enforcement and uh, cage fighting, I did that for some years. Oh, wow. um, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and now I'm here in Los Angeles uh, making movies. Wow. What a uh, different pathway <laughs> to get there. You know, that's uh, interesting to me because you hear a lot of folks when I talk to them, they're like, oh, from a young age, I knew I wanted to be in the movies or make movies and stuff. But you, you've done a lot, a lot of different avenues of things. And um, I, I believe, you know, as creative people have these past couple of years, it's been good and bad with the pandemic, but definitely been a lot of creative juices and giving you time. So these past two years, have it been, has it been more helpful for you to work on other projects or give you a little bit more time to be creative? Yeah. So the past couple of years have actually been amazing to me. Um, my stepfather spent a couple of weeks in ICU with COVID. Um, other than that, um, and, you know, I'm happy to say that he's, you know, recovered back okay. to work and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, so that was about as scary as uh, COVID got for me. Uh, but then everything else, just being in lockdown, that, you know, gave me time to really get focused. Uh, I have about 15 feature film scripts I've come up with. Oh, and nice. a lot of them, uh, I was, you know, not really... Uh, completing to where I would get three quarters of the way through and then this new awesome idea would come up and I'd have to put that on paper. And this one has, you know, the, the 15 page treatment of synopsis and stuff like that, but it's not really fleshed out. So lockdown gave me a lot of time to get caught up on work that uh, I'd been, you know, uh, procrastinating on. And um, yeah, and it, it, it was also that time uh, for me to say, okay, are you doing what you want to be doing in life? Right. Are you sure? Are you positive? Because working in production, it's a, you know, it's a peaks and valleys, just like modeling and acting and what have you. But, you know, it's just, it's a, a pretty constant grind. And I answered yes every time. So I went out, upgraded my lights, uh, my camera. Uh, I now shoot with a, the brand is called Red. Uh, so I shoot on a red camera and yeah, direct my first uh, feature actually last year and it just came out this year. Oh, nice. Uh -huh. Yeah, they, they definitely did have some good, good things for you during the, the pandemic um, for sure. So uh, if you want to chat a little bit about the movie, let um, folks know a little bit more about it, where they can find it. That way we can all go watch it as well, too. So. I always think it's fascinating. I've never directed anything in my life or even tried <laughs> done acting on stage before. That's about it. But it's always, you hear about directors and stuff and I'm like, that seems like a cool slash stressful slash fulfilling job. So really interested to hear more about that for sure. Definitely. So yeah, as far as um, how I connect with directing um, and acting, I, I loved how I, I could do kind of a deep dive on how I'm dealing with certain things and bringing um, my own emotions and my own memories. It's a technique called Stanislavski, whereas with method acting, you're like constantly, you know, even offset, you're being in character. Whereas Stanislavski, you've already lived through certain things that can put you in a pretty, it, it can put you in a good proxy emotional state 
right. for what the scene requires. And then you have you know some other uh, tricks of the trade to kind of fine tune it and so on and so forth. Uh, so for me, uh, yeah, that really called out because you had touched on how I have a pretty drastic, you know, pendulum swing going right. from one life to another. So for me, um, I have experienced a pretty decent amount of life, um, mm -hmm. you know, from like law enforcement, you know, I've seen a, a few people, uh, die in front of me and you know loved ones that died in front of me and stuff like this and um all the way to jumping around in the speedo in south beach miami uh doing modeling pictures so you know like I, i've yeah. gone through a pretty fast experience of two different spectrums into the spectrums for sure but yeah 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 so that that to me i view as a major asset uh for me as a director because i actually have scope it's not just mm -hmm. oh basic camera movement this and that, like, I, I feel like I'm able to tap into a bit of an emotional reason for doing just about everything. And uh, uh, with that being said, I, I would love to introduce my uh, my movie, if that's cool. Yeah, of course. Yeah, cool. So it's, uh, my movie is called The Great Awakening, and it's currently available to watch on Tubi. And uh, just to kind of bounce off of the emotional um playground that you know i kind of operate in so um the great awakening is my quote-unquote covid movie but instead of it being very on the nose about uh catching covid or covid turning you into a monster or lockdown is a way to mass enslave the human race and you know stuff like that i'm like that's very blunt it's about covid or it's about lockdown for me, I watched a, docu a documentary called Nightmares in Red, White, and Blue. And when you, when you watch this documentary, you have, I mean, Wes Craven, George A. Romero, and just kind of the cream of the crop, you know, heavy right. hitters in the, in the horror movie uh, genre saying, yeah, you know, I just looked at society, made sense of kind of what was happening. And now I, you know, had this big movie that came out. So uh, as some examples in the 50s, very post-World War II mentality. So a lot of movies had an apocalyptic atomic bomb scare theme to them. And then you can fast forward to the 60s. That's when you have the summer of love, a lot of drug experimentation and yeah. stuff like that. So uh, horror movies, all of a sudden, is about this, you know, drugged out tweaker kidnapping daddy's little angel. And, you know, that was a, a common theme in the 60s. And then when you get to the 70s, uh, the summer of love ran out. The country has a bad taste in its mouth. We have Watergate. We also have Vietnam and just, you know, kind of a rough time. So horror movies mirrored that and turned ultra violent. Uh, movies like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, came into play back in the 70s. So, what, so watching that documentary, it really gave me that different perspective of, oh, so just get more symbolic and kind of try and reach into the ether of kind of what's the, the vibe, you know, it's right. stuff that everybody's dealing with, but we don't really, you know, acknowledge it. So for me, I began thinking about, okay, what does 2020 mean for me? Uh, COVID is introduced uh, lockdown, but then lockdown for the entire world. So you have like America, teaming up with china and russia and the uk and 
just every country in the world was like, okay, we're going to go on lockdown. Right. And to me, I, that was insane. Um, and then all of a sudden, murder hornets were on the news. Right. At, <laughs> right. And I'm like, yeah. whatever, whatever happened to the murder hornets? Uh, right. It just kind of fell off. Um, and then the CIA released over 10,000 documents confirming their interactions with UFOs, and that was not even trending on social media. Right, 2020 um, we, was a year. <laughs> exactly that. Um, you know the the riots, and then we uh, also had a very turbulent uh, election year. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, it's like I had no idea what was going to happen next. It was a very interesting period of time. So for me to summarize 2020 into one word, I would say uncertainty. So now uncertainty, that's the common thread in which I use to, you know, kind of weave my story for the, the Great Awakening. So when you watch it, the story was created. It was shot in a very specific way. And in post-production, it, it was um, cut together in a very specific way. So as you're watching it, things seem familiar but mm-hmm. i'm presenting it in a way that to where you don't really understand why certain things happen the way they do and the overall emotion of uncertainty you have no idea what's going to come next in the movie because it's just one crazy curveball one after another um so yeah so my 2020 movie plays on the emotion of uncertainty which is I feel like one of the perfect words to summarize 2020 uh, besides the pandemic, like you said, the the murder hornets, all this stuff that was like one after the other. I feel like every day you wake up and there was a different type of scare out there in the world. Um, but when it does come to horror, I'm a big horror person. I love horror. Have you always been attracted to that or thought oh if i did or even the stuff that you work on now is it based around horrors or are you kind of anywhere and everywhere whatever it comes to if it's a comedy you'll do a comedy you'll think about a comedy write about it or anything like that um what type of genre i guess do you like the best yeah so for me uh, i definitely flow kind of in between some stuff um and yeah, like Mel Brooks movies and uh, Monty Python. Oh, yeah. I, I love all of that stuff uh, because there is, for it to be so, you know, goofy and slapstick and, you know, happy-go-lucky, when you really analyze the subject matter that they're talking about, you know, it, it goes well under the surface, you know, like there is uh, some pretty heavy things uh, that they're dealing with but they choose to present it in a very comical format. Uh, but most of the scripts that I've come up with have, you know, like a horror aspect to it. And yeah, growing up, I've always watched horror movies. My Aunt Sheila worked at a place called Movies To Go in Charlestown, Indiana. And every night she could bring home three movies to watch. And very oftentimes it would be a horror movie. So then eventually, you know, I've seen every horror movie that right. that store had to offer. And then when a new one would come out, well, um, now, you know, I've just seen that one. Um, and that's me going from like kindergarten up through uh, fifth grade. So, um, I, yeah, I, I, the way that I first watched The Exorcist was I was home alone, uh, right. fourth grade, 
on my bed during a thunderstorm. And that's that's how I chose to watch it because I've heard it's a really scary movie. Yeah. So I'm like, well, you know, I'm I'm watching a horror movie because it's you know it's fun to you know get scared and stuff like that. So right. you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch the movie with the lights on. So you know, to me, I'm like, let's get you know prime viewing conditions and then watch it. Right. That is that so, is the way to watch it if you really do want to set the tone mm-hmm. and fit the mood yeah. for sure. Definitely. But also, um, I, I really appreciate the cre- creativity that horror movies offer and believe that horror movies, um, they have a bit more thought put into them than, let's say, your basic uh, romantic comedy movie right. and uh, action movie. Like, oh, you killed my brother. Now I'm coming to, to kill you. Or yeah. uh, you kidnap Liam Neeson's daughter for the first oh, yeah, time and you keep <laughs> yeah. going on a rampage. You know, so right. stuff, stuff like that. It's not that it's not creative, but, uh, you know, things are very straightforward. Whereas in horror, oftentimes the the bad thing, the ghost, the monster, the the thing coming after you is very symbolic of a situation that that character is dealing with. So uh, the best example I can come up with is a movie on Netflix. It's called His House. And and it's fantastic. Have you seen it? I keep seeing the, like it pop up as suggested for you. And I hear people <laughs> say it. it's good. And I'm like, uh, it's one of those ones I, I'm going to put it on my list because we well, yeah. literally me and my husband watch a horror movie just about every night because we're those type awesome. of folks. <laughs> so. yeah. I, I, trust me, I'm totally into it. But yeah, so definitely watch His House because the scary thing in the movie, you have this, you know, like tr- train wreck moment of like, oh, this is why this monster exists uh, right. because it's it's actually representing uh, a specific emotion of um, like guilt or sorrow mm. or you know something like that but you know i'm not going to try and spoil it too much but yeah. uh but yeah so that that's one reason why i really appreciate the horror genre is just because you can get really kind of symbolic and kind of definitely you know approach things in not such a straightforward fashion it it, it can definitely be because I have all types really, but you can go back to that psychology type. You, this has different meanings. There's metaphors and stuff. And then there's also the classics. Like I just, I mean, I love the screen <laughs> franchise now. Um, and sometimes right. those are more straightforward as, you know, there's a killer killing people mm-hmm. off. So, um, but it is horror has that special, unique way of, doing whatever it really wants which is really nice so i appreciate when other folks are into horror as much as i am because there's some people that know and a lot of folks i talk to they're like i don't i don't watch those they're too scary and i'm like i've seen so many i'm so like okay that was good but i'm not scared you know right right and uh, also to me it's like it's also fun to explore you know and check out like okay this is, you know, how, how we do it in this country and, you know, what's an Asian horror movie and just to see how various cultures, you know, like common themes that that they pull on. So, you know, like Dario Argento, he's uh, about to have his uh, next movie come out this October on Shudder. And today, actually, uh, today is when um, the the OG Suspiria came out back in what, like 70 or something oh, like, wow yeah 
But um, but yeah, so watching, you know, how Dario got down, but just to jump back for a second on what you mentioned about Scream, uh, because that was also a topic in that documentary, Nightmares in Red, White, and Blue. So when we jumped up to the 90s, um, like in this country, we didn't really have a bad guy, somebody that we can point the finger at and say right. that that's, that's who we need to watch out for. So movies took on this whole chance encounter thing to where you already know who the killer is. Um, and that's where movies like Scream, um, I Know What You Did Last Summer, and a, a lot of the um, movies in that same you know particular Time field. Frame, yeah. Where it's, yeah, to where it's like you kind of, you've had an interaction with somebody, you were not nice to them. And now they're and now coming they're, for you. <laughs> and now they're coming for you. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, that was kind of that that time capsule that you know uh, of the '90s. No, it definitely, and even now, it, I watch it, and there's even memes and jokes like, "I know I could survive Scream because I never answered the phone." <laughs> like, but back then there was no caller ID, there was no cell phones or anything. So I did like yeah. in the newest installment how they put some <laughs> technology in there, and I was yeah. like, "Cool," but still, I know I still don't answer the phone, so <laughs> I think I would yeah. I'd be all right. Ghostface, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> back in my day we had to use star 69 right exactly that's how you prank called people <laughs> yeah. now yeah oh i remember i think i read something once too they said after the release of either the first or second screen caller the little caller id boxes sales went like through the roof people were just scared that that somebody was going to call them and you'd be outside their door ready ready to butcher them up or anything could be totally making that up but i want to say i read it somewhere awesome i'm into it that yeah very plausible it makes sense (laughs) um yeah one question i always ask uh i guess when they come on and it could be either one particular person or a group of folks um whoever comes to mind um i always like to ask who inspires you who inspires me um i i would actually say my my parents um so my my mom she she owns a truck driving company and um my father he's actually been a truck driver uh since the day i was born and that and and my stepfather like every day um at he, he also um, has his own uh, truck driving company and every day for him. And this is somebody that's in his sixties. Um, and every day he has an office, but last time I was in it, his desk literally had cobwebs on it because every day he's on oh, his wow. back, like under a semi truck, rebuilding a transmission or something. It's just, that's just what he does. And, you know, he, he works six days a week. And so, you know, yeah. So, the uh, the parenting structure that I've grown up with has always had this has always had this very you know hardworking uh, you know nose to the grindstone type of work ethic that if you want it um, you have to go out and make it happen. Oh, definitely. So yeah, that's always a good a good ethic <laughs> to to put into children these days as well too, or any day really. Yeah. Um, so that's always good. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And, and I, I can really see how it paid off because I graduated high school and like I, I was talking to scouts from the, the Braves and St. Louis Cardinals uh, to play baseball. So I'm doing that. But I also 
had two full-time jobs and then I had a Coke, uh, Coke machine business, uh, Coke candy and frozen food actually. Um, and that took about 10 hours. So uh, I was pulling about 90 hours a week from work oh, wow. and then in the gym trying to make this baseball dream come true. And then when I began going to college, um, that's when my mom forced me to stop working at the family company and just, you know, have one full-time job, right? <laughs> uh, the, the Coke machine stuff. Um, and then uh, full-time when you go to college is 12 hours, but I began going and doing it 18 hours. Um, so I've always just had that go, go, go mentality. So transferring that onto a film set when you work, you know, you average 12 hour days and, um, you know, and some productions, they stop at the 11th hour or 11 hours and 30 minutes. And you have a tiny bit of time to, you know, wrap out your gear and go home. But then, you know, by the time you have lunch and traveling, it's like, yeah, you're basically working for about, you know, 15 to 16 hours per right. day when you're, when you're on a production. So how I was raised to just have this go, go, go mentality. I feel like it's really prime uh, prep me for it. Right. That's good too. And it, it, that's one thing I think is interesting um, reading things and how society is a lot of folks have this mentality of, oh, well, actors and producers, director, anybody that works on like film sets and stuff, they have it so easy. They're not really working. And I'm like, <laughs> right. Still a job. It's still work. There's a lot that goes into it. I took a film class and it, we, one of our finals was just shooting like a five minute scene. And I said, why did this take like weeks to do? <laughs> like, this is, this is insane. I, it just, I guess if you're, you're not privy to all that information, you think, oh yeah, they could shoot that probably in like a day or two. It's like, no, 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 that's <laughs> not how it works. So it's work. So I kudos to you because that is a lot for sure that I think people miss out on and they think, oh no, it's, sure. it's just an hour or two, a day probably. That, and then people, you know, have that, that trope about, oh, soap offers, it's just terrible acting in this net. I'm like, well, it's not so much terrible acting. There is a very specific method to the madness parameters you have to play in, but also some of the you know highest paid uh, soap stars. They, on a daily basis, because of the amount of content, you know, it's a five day job that they do. Right. So they they will memorize fifteen to twenty pages of dialogue, and then sh uh, shoot it the next day, and then go home and memorize another 15 for to 20 pages wow. for the next day. So every, like every week they're spitting out, let's say 70 pages of dialogue and it's, you know, yeah. So it's like, Oh, lazy. And, you know, so whatever I'm like, nah, dude, that's great work if you can get it, but you better come correct. And not right. think that, Oh, I have a good jawline and uh, some, uh, impressive abs right no, <laughs> you, you, you better you better have uh you know a really good head on your shoulders as well Correct. or you know you're gonna pack your bags move home a lot oh, sooner good. than you think i was about to say you can you can probably find other folks that have good jawline and abs but not that ethic and that mentality yeah. of that's a lot i didn't even really yeah soaps oh gosh mm -hmm. that would i would yeah that would be a lot especially um, especially i'm thinking of ones that are like 
of course, main characters and stuff that have a huge amount. Yeah, that's yeah, ooh, that's a lot. Uh, I always like to. I have a random deck of random icebreaker questions that I always do um, towards the end here. Not meant to be taken serious <laughs> or anything. It's just really to get to know you um, and just whatever comes off the top of your mind when I ask these questions. So, first one is. Sure. If you could visit any place in the world, where would it be and why? Does um, does the year matter? I don't think so. I, it could be anywhere. Really anywhere, anytime. Where would you choose? Uh, I would say um, I'd like to go to Alaska with my father. Um, um, yeah, because uh, so I'm... Um, yeah, my wife and I, we've been to, you know, Paris and Austria and the United Kingdom and, and we have a trip lined up for um, October this year. Um, but back to my father being a truck driver, he went um, like he's literally driven through every state in the U.S. Um, and just to say that he did, uh, he went to Hawaii on on his wedding uh, anniversary and then he said, yeah, so I've been literally everywhere except Alaska. So uh, I just think it'd be kind of cool to, you know, take a week trip with him to yeah. Alaska. Because I'm like, I've never met somebody that's been to every single state. And I'm like, that's a that's a pretty cool achievement for it really uh, is, yeah. You know, a, for somebody. That is. And I've always I've seen and heard that Alaska is really beautiful. I've always wanted to go as well, too. So yeah. Solid, solid place to go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you collect anything? And if so, what is it? Uh, um, right now, it's, uh, filmmaking is my passion and that's my career. So I'm constantly collecting gear, it seems. Um, let's see, outside of that, um, I hadn't really been, uh, I've never been too much of a collector of anything like the... Um, things I really put value on are memories. Right. Um, so just life experiences, that's something, you know, I'm always looking to collect, but as far as something tangible, uh, I can't, yeah, I can't really think. Um, I know because I, I used to be a pretty supreme level geek back in high school. <laughs> so um, uh, my buddies would play Final Fantasy on PlayStation and I, I would bring my deck of magic the gathering card silver and you know play play that card game and uh um pogs oh um, yeah for, yeah so uh, i used to collect pogs and you know trade them and magic cards and stuff like that but uh after that yeah I, yeah there's not much that i actually collect now it is it's very that question is always hit or miss because a lot of folks too they're like i don't want a lot of <laughs> stuff i'd rather have experiences so uh, mm -hmm. I agree to that as well too. I remember when I was younger, it was uh, the Pokemon cards were everywhere, yep. and that's what. And then they kind of went away, and now my nieces and nephew are like, "Oh, I have Pokemon," and I'm like, "What? <laughs> when did this? Okay, it's it all comes back in trend. I feel like at one point or another." Next question totally. is, uh, "What is one food item that you do not like?" A food item that I don't like is a very tough question for me because uh, I'm very much that person that, you know, if there's something 
I've never heard of or I've never had before, then I'm usually eager to um, to try it out. And with that being said, I haven't really come across anything that I'm like, yeah, I never want to have that again. <laughs> um, so a food choice that I... You're better than I am because I hate a lot of things in pickles is probably my number one thing. I do not like pickles at all. Um, oh, gosh, yeah. Back in high school on the wrestling team to uh, prevent cramps because I would drop about 10 to 15 pounds each week uh, to make weight to wrestle. So um, my body was very dehydrated and, and prone to cramps. So um, the wrestling team, we would go to a basketball game um, on like Thursday or Friday night, and we would literally drink straight pickle juice. <laughs> It's like and, my ninth circle of hell, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, because of that, we could not have like nobody was sitting next to us. And oh, yeah. with us. <laughs> I was about to say, good luck getting anybody to socialize, yeah, just lean over and say, Hi, yeah. <laughs> how are you? and just yeah, and they're like, I gotta go, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's good though. It's good. I've, I wish I was more adventurous to try more foods. But I just, I'm still, I eat like a five-year-old half the time. I'm like, mm. we go to a fancy restaurant. I'm like, you know what? This this cheeseburger sounds great. <laughs> well, and to me, that that's that's my gauge for most restaurants. If it's my first time going to uh, any place in LA, I'm like, I wonder if they have a good cheeseburger. That is true. Yeah. Like, I've, I've always been that guy to where like, even, you know, through my, print model days of having to you know have as low body fat as humanly possible i'm like i hear that i i get it because you know i'm not six two but i take the shirt off and all of a sudden i'm paying rent and then some right so um i'm like the body has to stay on point but with that being said i never once gave up cheeseburgers and washed me down with a, a couple beers like i'm just yeah i'm like it's I'm doing my best, but I'm yeah. not going to deprive myself too much. Right, Definitely. And I think it, to your point too, it, it, if they can't make a burger, I don't know if I would trust <laughs> yeah. that place as well too. Alrighty. Last question for this round. What are three things that are guaranteed to cheer you up on a bad day? Three things to cheer me up. Uh, gosh, I, I'd say my, my wife um, just, her natural outlook on life is just extremely rare and it's very special. So her, and then, um, my, my dog, Nogi, um, this, this girl kept, kept telling me and some friends that she's going out to buy a dog and everybody said, don't do it. Uh, you won't have time to take care of it. So she went out and got the dog, um, didn't have time to take care of it. So it, uh, now came into uh, my home and um, but she she went out and had it like properly trained but it's like trained as kind of an um, an emotional support dog as well so Nogi knows when I'm feeling stressed and he'll come up and like force me to like <laughs> pet him and hug him and like he, he has that aspect I'm like I can actually see how this works because yeah. he, he does it and he'll snuggle with me and uh it just makes me feel better. Um, yeah. And then a third thing. Um, 
it's kind of I don't hard. Know. To, I was gonna say it's kind of hard to top a spouse and a dog. So and a puppy, yeah. And uh, after that, uh, I would probably say, you know, just hearing that, you know, if I talk to a loved one, um, if if I call them up and if I can tell that, you know, if they're upbeat in their voice and if they're having a good day, it's really interesting how much better that makes me feel. Um, so yeah, just knowing that, well, my days, you know, not that great, but man, my mom, she's out gardening, checking on her tomatoes and, um, you know, she was drinking wine, watching the sunset. I'm like, all right. Yeah. So maybe it's not that bad. Right. Pretty solid. That's always good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That support system that's there yeah. to support you when they're having a good day, a good vibe. You're like, oh, this is great. <laughs> Everybody's happy in my my circle. Uh, yep. Two more questions uh, before I let you go. Uh, the first one I always like to ask every guest too. Um, talking about mental health, that's something that I talk about uh, a lot and trying to open conversations more and break the stigma. So I always ask everybody, if you're willing to share, what is one thing that you do to keep your mental health in check? One thing I do to keep my mental health in check is to acknowledge that uh, I'm human and I'm doing the best I can. Um, Yeah. So, and to tie that in with my movie, um, you know, of course you want it to be the best, thing ever and and hyper impressive and whatnot but this is a a movie i made for sixteen hundred dollars so being realistic comes into play at some point so for me i'm making this movie and it was me and one other crew member on set for a three-week shoot so it you know like it's absurd but as i'm doing it i'm like ah that light is too bright you know, it's not reading correctly on camera, but we have to go. We we have to move. It is what it is. And it's, it just seems like a lot of people in the filmmaking uh, side of things, they, they're not willing to accept it is what it is. And I'm like, you have to be realistic with what's happening around you. And sometimes it is what it is. Like, it's just... Yeah. Um, so just having the ability to forgive myself if I make a mistake um, or, you know, I'm trying my best, but it's just not, you know, I'm just not on the level that I'm wanting to be at. And that's OK. It's a journey. Um, you learn as you go. And sometimes it is what it is. So enjoy the ride. Definitely. And it, it, I wish more folks had that outlook on life, I think the world would be a little bit in a better state than it is right now. Um, Besides your movie, I always like to ask for recommendations of any movies, music, television shows, podcasts, or books that anytime you have the opportunity to share with folks, you're like, please put this into your life because it's great. Definitely. Um, And the the first suggestion actually ties in with uh, mental awareness and it's, a um a group so uh dan cummings has a couple uh comedy specials that you can go onto streaming platforms and check out i think um they're on netflix but he has a podcast as well um one of them is called uh time suck and they do a lot of deep dives into you know like some true crime stuff Mm. and whatnot but then you have um 
a channel he does with his wife called scared to death. And, uh, so it's, uh, the wife will read fan mail, uh, of people, you know, recounting a story that they've interacted with something, you know, a ghost demon haunted house or spooky, uh, gin over in Asia and what have you. And then Dan, um, they have like a research team doing a deep dive on, you know, horrific, you know, things that supposedly have happened. And they'll go on and talk about that. But during their commercial breaks, um, they very often have ads saying, you know, if, if, if you need to talk to somebody, please call this line. And mm-hmm. so they're very active in that sense. And then on their, um, what's that app called? Patreon, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, where they but, can uh, subscribe so, and yeah, yeah. So they do that, and uh, like each month they have various. Uh, not it's not a fundraiser, but like a portion of what you're paying for on Patreon. Um, a portion of that money actually goes towards various charities and mm-hmm. uh, or mental uh, awareness and suicide hotlines and stuff like that. So to me, I'm like that's pe- it's people using their voice in the best way possible that they're being fun, you know, doing something that's like a big community, you know, thing you guys are paying us, but we're also using some of the money you give us to kind of give back towards uh, communities that, that can help, you know, the mentality of society. So that's great. Um, and then something else uh, I would say my favorite movie is called Bronson. Have you heard of it? I have not. Gotcha. So, writing it down. So, what's that one about? So, uh, okay. So, if you have any interest in what I call uh, Tom Hardy's breakout role, um, him doing like full frontal nudity probably about four or five times. Um, it's I'm here it's for a, it. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. So, it, it's essentially the story that's based on a true story of, of this guy who was not meant for civilian life. So he goes into the prison system very early in life. Um, and, you know, he's taking guards hostage, um, inciting riots and just doing all of this stuff. So it's the gritty, hardcore life being in prison. But it has an extremely artistic nature to it, to where, like, as um, to, to lead into the scene, you'll have Tom Hardy walk out in, like, a three-piece suit with face paint on. And um, uh, doing a like an introduction into the scene, and then um, like even does a a one man show of him talking to his uh, parole counselor and stuff like this. So like he's wearing a three piece suit, and he's turned profile to the camera, and he says his line. And then when it's his uh, parole officer responding, he he turns and does a one eighty, and now he has very feminine but cartoonish makeup on his face he has you know red nails painted and stuff like that and now he's playing the role of the um um of that person so it's just you know him doing a one-man show basically and then you have a lot of classical music to add you know kind of the contrast of this peaceful classical music but somehow fits so beautifully and so perfectly and with the violence on screen. Um, so it, it, it's a movie that has a bunch of fun layers to it. And it's also a movie that you cannot possibly say that's not a good movie. 
The only thing I you could say um, is it's you're not into it. That's not your taste, whatever. But I really feel like what they wanted to do with the story and how they wanted to tell it, uh, I think they went 10 out of 10 on it. Nice. I'll definitely have to add that to my list as well. Clearly, I watch a lot of movies, so <laughs> I'll definitely put that on my list as well. Awesome. So to wrap things up, though, um, I do want to give you one final um, moment on stage, if you will, uh, to let listeners know where they can find you at. If you have website, anything like that, shout it out now. Any projects that you want to shout out now, and then I'll put links to anything um, in the episode description as well, too. Gotcha. I can do that. Um, so, yeah. So, I guess once again, my name is Bo Roberts. I'm easily found on all social media with a handle, Mr. Bo Roberts. So, M-R-B-O-R. And I should pop up uh, talking about my movie, The Great Awakening, which is now available on 2B TV. Awesome. We'll definitely have to check it out especially if it has horror aspects to it i'm here for it <laughs> um and i'll put links down below as well and i do appreciate awesome. you taking time um and chatting with me today um hope you stay safe out there and um have a great day you too man take awesome. care you too now thank you i always find it very fascinating and inspiring talking to anybody that's ever put something to fruition, like making a movie or publishing a book or anything like that. Cause you know, I feel like I'm a creative person and I strive to do stuff bigger and outside my comfort zone and put it into the world, but shit ain't that easy. So I appreciate it though, for talking um, about your movie and other things that you have done. Uh, again, I'll link down everything in the episode so you can go follow his journey as well. But right now we're going to do some meditation. Meditation minute. Every episode. So let's go. Usually I read out of my little book. But for Mental Health Month, I've been coming up, not coming up, Googling <laughs> and finding um, either famous people or famous fictional characters, which is one today, uh, that has good quotes that directly or indirectly deal with mental health. And this one is from one of my favorite childhood whatever. Like, I would say it was a cartoon. Childhood cartoon slash movies. Like, there was TV shows, everything. Yeah. Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) Promise me you'll always remember. You're braver than you believe and stronger than you seem and smarter than you think. Christopher Robin from Winnie the Pooh. You you pop off, Christopher. You you let them know. We are smarter than we think, stronger than we seem, and braver than we believe. Ponder that shit over and enjoy this episode's Meditation Minute.
Well, that's all I have for you for this episode. I do want to thank my guest, Bo, today for stopping by. And that always sounds like they're just coming over for some tea. Although I wish that was a thing, but it was just via Zoom. For still stopping by the Sunshine Steven podcast to talk about creative things, mental health, especially his movie, Great Awakening. Go watch it. Check it out. Again, everything will be down in the description below. I thank you um, for listening, even if this is your first time. Hopefully I didn't do such a horrible job and you come back. Tell all your friends and family and anybody. Thanks. Also, rate the podcast. Leave reviews, subscribe, all that good fun stuff. I definitely realized that I forgot to mention in my last episode, but you can follow me at Sir Steven Rice on Facebook, Instagram, and nope, not Facebook. I need to stop because that's not true. I just lied to you and I'm so sorry. I'm doing such a horrible job if this is your first time. At Sir Steven Rice on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. I need a nap. It's that time. Uh, go napping if you need to. It's Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, so again, if you or anybody that you know needs to talk to somebody and you're struggling... 988. Um, you can call or text at any time and chat with somebody. You can also go online and chat there. I hope everybody's doing great. Celebrate this mental health month. Take a nap, watch a movie, do whatever you need to do to keep yourself in line with where you want to be. Well, I'll see you next. Well, no, I won't see you, but <laughs> I will talk to you one way next week. And until the next time, have a fantastic day. Nap time. <laughs>